So I'm uh, Zalvin and uh, I have the privilege of serving on this team and um, obviously second language, so uh, bear with me. My wife is constantly reminding me it's are and is uh, where, where it's supposed to be. Like yesterday, I mixed it up again in the car. Um, so I normally just have a saying, it's bad grammar but good theology, so that doesn't matter, so it's great. Um, and I have a word for you today, but it's probably just not for today, maybe for us as a church, and maybe for you personally, and it's having faith for the future. It's having faith for the future. There's a phenomenal book in the Bible, book of James. It's, it's such an incredible book, because it's a book full of wisdom. It's a book that wherever you are in your faith journey and in your life journey, if you're in, in the early stages of life or even in your senior stages of life, it's a phenomenal book to just help us make great decisions. It's, it's full of wisdom. It's full of practical stuff that we can implement in our life. And, and it's such a great book. But then at the end of this book in James, James chapter 5, it starts very practically, but it ends very, very much spiritually. And James says the following, and I want to take you through James 5 from verse 13 uh, onwards to the end of, of, of the book, and, and just verse by verse in how he encourages us and, and how he helps us to build faith for the future, to build faith, because I'm not sure we always know how do we build faith in our lives? How do we do it? And James comes, and he come help us in, in a sense in, 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 in his way that he just writes this book and say, hey, this is how you do it. So I want to invite you to, to read with me, and then we'll pray. James 5.13 in the NIV says the following, is any, anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. <laughs> I'm not sure about you how you read your Bible, but sometimes I laugh as I read the Bible because there's, there's, James, are you serious? There's a lot of people in trouble. I mean, there's a lot of problems, obviously. And, and then I have a little chuckle and going, you, you're speaking into so many lives, and, and he's asking the question, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing song, songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So on that word, let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you for this word. And Lord, it's my prayer that you just come and broke, break it open for us, Lord. And, and may we receive your word today, but may we walk out of this church building full of faith, inspired, but also uh, just apply your word to our daily lives. We pray that in Jesus' name and everyone says, Amen. Amen. So, James starts his book very practical, full of wisdom, uh, a lot of answers to, to our daily situations, but then he 
he ends off this book very spiritually. And the question then for me personally is, is why such a focus on prayer? If, if he gives us all this practical advice and, and so much wisdom, why does he end his book so spiritually and a, a, a focus on prayer? You see, this is what I've discovered. In some areas, I can use the book of James, especially the first part or the first four chapters of James. I can apply that very easily to my life and to my situations. And probably you too, that's, that's a truth for you as well. You can apply that to your situations. But there is situations in our lives that we don't have an answer to. And there is a situation in my life and you, your life, and we're going, how do we deal with this? How do we get an answer? Everything that I've applied, it does not work. What is the answer? And James comes and he reminds us the answer is prayer. Because here's the thing, prayer is the difference between the best that I can do and the best that God can do. Prayer is the difference, the best that I, I can do everything, but there comes a stage in my life or a situation in my life where I can't do or go further. I need a divine intervention. And prayer is that difference to the best of my ability and to the best of what God can do in your situation and in my situation. And the story is about prayer. Why? Because prayer builds faith. It builds faith in us. And in this chapter, James gives us three truths about prayer that I want to share with you this morning. And then I want to give you some, some practical things how to build faith for the future. Because that's the title of this message this morning, to have faith for the future. Three, uh, three truths that um, James shares with us with us. Number one is, uh, my unknown future is placed in the hands of an all-knowing God through prayer. My unknown future is placed in the hands of an all-knowing God through prayer. And, and, and sometimes we have a problem, and, and it's not always that the problem is the issue. Most of the times, it's because we don't know where this problem is going to end up that creates the issue. It's the unknown future that creates the fear in our hearts. And I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering how many of us are, are maybe unsure about what's happening tomorrow. They are opening up the borders. Some of us is in fear because of the unknown. And the unknown can create a lot of fear, and James says the following in 5.13, is anyone among you uh, in trouble? Let them pray. And sometimes we, 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 are, we have a troubled heart because we don't know what the future holds for us, and we're pacing up, up and down, and I'm not sure what's happening. I'm not sure. I, I, as a pastor in, in 2020, when, when the pandemic hit, I was pacing up and down, church. I'm not sure. But here's what I've come to know. God is not pacing up and down in heaven currently, church. 
He has the future in his hand. He's not pacing up and, oh, what are they going to do? Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, uh, uh. He's an all-knowing God, church. And what prayer does, it places us, us our unknown future in, in the hands of an all-knowing God. That is what prayer does. That's the truth. He's, he, he's not worried about tomorrow when the borders open, church. He's not. And there's a song that reminds us, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the in his hands. Come on, church. we're a church of faith. Come on, church. He's got the whole world. Oh, we had to sing on. Come on. I love it. He's got the Here's what Jesus is saying. Oh, he's got you and me. Oh, come on. <laughs> Prayer. See, my unknown future, the unknown of tomorrow is placed in his hands. Your unknown of what's coming in 2022 is, is placed in his hands. He's not pacing. He's not stressing. Jesus actually says the following, Matthew 6, 31 to 34. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear for the pagans? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows uh, that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We have to remind ourselves there's some things that's not in our control and there's some things that we can't, can't control, but he is still in control. And we need to pray because when we pray, it takes our unknown future and places it into his hands. That why, that's why we need to pray first for everything. Whenever, whenever you wake up tomorrow morning, God, thank you for this day. First thing, Pray first. In every situation, pray first. My prayer in my situation would be, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Matthew 16. His kingdom. Jesus is teaching us to pray, church. And his words is literally, Lord, as it is in heaven, may it be on earth. My unknown situation, may it be heaven. Lord, my sickness, May it be heaven as it is in heaven. My broken body, Lord, healed in Jesus' name as it is in heaven. I'm not sure what the sickness is going to do. It's unknown to me, and the unknown is creating a fear in me. But Lord, thank you. Through prayer, I can put my unknown future in your mighty hands. Second truth, church, is when we pray, my hopeless circumstances is placed in the hands of an all-powerful God. That hopeless circumstance. James 5, 14 and 15 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And by the way, church, or if you're new to church, there's prayer after every service. You can come and get some prayer. 
the elders will lay their hands on you. We will anoint you with oil. We want to pray for you because we are a praying church. And by prayer, this is our truth. Our hopeless situations, our hopeless circumstances is placed in the hands of an all-knowing God. He's still in control, church, and we do not need to stop hope. We don't need to stop hope, have hope for the future. And I want to encourage you this morning, and I'm not, I know I'm, I'm a bit teachy now, but I'll get to the preaching side. I know you are waiting for it. When is he going to fire up? <laughs> I'm going to fire up. Just give you a second. But I want to encourage you, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope over your situation. Don't lose hope over your circumstances. Don't lose hope over your children and their situation. Don't lose hope in your marriage. Don't lose hope, church. We are not a church that's going to lose hope because we're going to pray. And by praying, we are placing our broken circumstances and our hopeless situations into the hands of an all-powerful God. Don't lose hope. Even Abraham didn't lose hope. And he's talked about in Romans and says the following, Romans 18 verse 21, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age. Uh, let me just rephrase that, a hundred. He's hoping to become a dad at a hundred. I'm hoping to hit 90 one day. He's hoping to become a dad at a hundred. Let that sink in. A hundred. Do you know how your skin looks at a hundred? <laughs> how you walk at a hundred? He wants... Oh, I'm not going to go there, but... Sorry, Pastor Pat. <laughs> but here's the point. A and Abraham, Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and, he, um, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. Church, I am fully convinced that God can work in your situation as well. I have faith for your future, church. I have faith for my future. I have faith for the future of this country. God is not pacing down because we are praying. And when we are praying, we are placing our hopeless situation in the hands of an all-powerful God. If you don't have faith this morning, church, please come borrow it from me because I have faith for your situation this morning. I am fully convinced. Let me tell you a story about Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim uh, is still, um, he's, he's a pastor in, in, in the United States and he's, he's pastoring at a church, but his role is actually at a Christian college. For 25 years, he prayed for his brother to meet, uh, to, to give his life to Christ. 
25 years. He prayed. And at age 72, his brother came to the conclusion that what he was chasing was not the real thing. He experienced God in a tangible way, not even through a sermon, not even through worship, through a book that he read. (laughs) And it was a secular book church. And he met God through it. And at 72, after 25 years of not giving up, Tim's brother finally gave his life to Christ. He has a that is in the United States. We're in Australia. Okay, okay. But back home in South Africa, let me tell you a story. I'm coming to Australia, okay? Back home, my friend, Pastor Jacques, he's been in ministry 15 years. For his first 13 years, his dad never, ever, ever listened to a sermon. Never. Not at, even at his own son's sermon. He didn't go to church. 13 years, Jacques was praying for his dad just to come in and even listen to his own son. Never set foot in church. Lockdown came. The church was closed down. But then God had a different plan because he opened up churches in everyone's homes and through everyone's screens. And when Jacques' dad put on the telly he was preaching, saw him the first time in 13 years, Tears flowing down. When church opened and Jacques pr- uh, preached again, dad was in the sermon. God can still work in your situation. But let's, let's just bring it home for a moment. was texting um, two days ago uh, a, a congregation member just checking in um, how it's going, was in hospital, and, and um, she shared with us that God just, just promised her a couple of things. She prayed. And their family prayed for her dad 30 years, three zero years for her dad to come to Christ. Over the weekend, he came to Christ. 30 years, church. There's still hope for your situation. And this happened in Australia, in our congregation. 30 years. 30 years. Church, God is still in control. There's still hope for your future. And I want to encourage you, don't Give up. Third truth. Third truth is when we pray, my broken life and your broken life is placed in the hands of an all-forgiving God. Our brokenness, our broken life, the things that we did wrong is placed in the hands and in the hands of an all-forgiving God. God. James 5, 15 and 16 says, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We do do have a problem here because James says the prayer of a righteous person. Who is righteous among us? Nobody. The word says, we have all fallen short, and no one among us is is righteous, Romans 3.10, no one is righteous. So how do we we get right then with God? How do we we become righteous? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, in Christ, God put the wrong on him 
who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. It's available to you. You may say, Zalvin, you, you don't understand my broken life. I have sinned and I'm not sure. It's so bad I don't even want to tell you. God can still heal you. He has already forgiven you. And he can save you. I was um, reading a, a Facebook um, comment the other day on a, on a Christian post and, and the person typed a message. and, Hey, can you pre please pray for me so that God can save my life? And then what got me at the end of, of the comment, I don't think he's able to save me at all. God is able, church. It doesn't matter how broken your life is. It doesn't matter how sin-ridden your life is. It doesn't matter how wrong you did in your life. God can still forgive you, still heal you. Because Scripture tells us that Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Church, everyone who calls on the Lord. And the last time I've checked the word everyone in the dictionary, it means the following. Everyone. <laughs> All of us. I'm not sure how broken your life is or you may feel how broken your life is. Through prayer, God can heal you. And by praying, we are putting our broken lives into the hands of an all-forgiving God. Hey, someone needs to hear this. He loves you. Despite what you have done, he loves you. Despite what you have done, you may think, and the devil is going to keep on reminding you about your past. Just remind him of his future. But God has saved you, and he can save you. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus. And I want to build your faith this morning because James ends and he says the following. He, he says, Elijah was a man, was a human being, even as we are. He brings us back and he says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years, again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Why is he referring to Elijah, first of all? And second of all, he says the following, a human being just like us. And sometimes we, we sit in the pews and saying, hey, Zalvin, you don't understand. Prayer just worked for you guys. It's just for the pastors or the clergies or, or whatever name you want to give us. It, it only works for you and the Elijahs of this world and, and those people who probably elders. It, it doesn't work for us. Hey, church, prayer can work for you as well. It works for you. And, 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 and I want to encourage you to, to come into a habit of, of, of praying. We need to pray. It's probably that and Bible reading is probably the worst practices of Christianity in the world currently, the things that we do least. It's praying and reading our Bibles. But when we pray, we build faith. And if you want to have faith for 2022, we need to start praying. We need to get into the habit of praying. And I want to actually go to this story that James refers to in 1 Kings 17, because I want to, I want to build your faith going into 2022. And I'm going to end off with this, and I'm going to call James up, because he's got, just going to help me sound a bit more holier than I am. And... Uh, we're going to have a great time. 
He goes and he referenced the story, and we see the story in 1 Kings 17, verse 1. Now, Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishba in Gilead. <laughs> if you ever, Bible, there's humor in that if you see it. <laughs> the Tishbite from Tishba in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives from who I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. And for three and a half years, there were no rain except for and by his word. So how do I build faith? Salvin, if, if, if prayer builds faith, if, if prayer helps me build faith, what do I need to do to have faith and, and even build stronger faith? Look at Elijah. He says the following, it will not rain for three and a half years except by my word. If you want to have faith and build faith for 2022, faith begins, number one, with a word. Do you want to have faith? Get a word. Get a word. What is your, someone, where do I get a word? In the word. Get a word in the world. In the word. What, what do you mean? Start reading your Bible, church. So that you can get a word. Because if you want to have faith for 2022, get into the Bible and get a word. I'm not scared of 2022 because I have a word. Because the word says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get a word. Someone, you, you don't understand. I have a difficult situation. I'm not sure how to handle my situation. Get a word. Get a word for your situation. I don't know what your situation is, but get a word. Zalvin, will my kids make it in the future? I don't know about your kids, but I have a word for my kids. And the word says the following, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Get a word. I have a word. If you want to have faith, faith begins with a word. Where do we get a word in the word? Get stuck into the word. What, what about Corona tomorrow, Zalvin? Oh, he did go there. <laughs> what about it? I have a word. I'm not sure if you're scared about tomorrow. And I want to pray with you about tomorrow and, and the weeks to come. But I have a word. Psalm 91, 2, 3 says this. I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly diseases. We have to get a word. Something you don't understand. I've lost my job in all of this situation. Philippians 4.19 and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I have a word for your situation, church, every situation. Zalvin, what about the government and what about, how do, you, how do you think the government is going in your new country? I don't know, but I do have a word. I don't care if you're left or right, I have a word. Psalm 21, 1 to 3, I look upon the mountain and the hills and not to Canberra. Oh, 
I edited that. I, I said it in, I, I put it, it's not in the word. It's, it's, it's not there. I look up to the mountains and the hills longing for God's help, but then I realize that our true help and protection comes only from the Lord, our creator who made the heavens and the earth. He will guard me and guide me, never letting me stumble or fall. This country is not gonna fall, church. We have a word. We have a word, get a word. Get a word. 1 Kings 18, 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. You see, some of us need this posture going in our lives. He went face between his knees in a posture of praying. He needed faith. It was not raining. In this situation, it was not raining. It was a bluebird day, church. There was no clouds in heaven, no clouds in the sky, nothing there. And now he's at a situation where, where he's calling out the rain. To, it needs to start raining. There's not even a cloud. But his posture, his head between his knees, He's in a posture of praying. Why? Because pray, praying helps us build our faith. We need to start praying, church, to build faith for the future. And then when we, when, when we get done praying, we need to get into the Word so that we can get a word for the future. But secondly, is when, when we are in that posture, Elijah come and he teaches us that faith Built when we are determined and we determined to not give up. We can't give up, church. Don't give up. Listen to the story. He says, go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And, and he went up to look. And he looked. There is nothing there, he said. Elijah is calling his servant, hey, go and look if the clouds are starting to form. It's a bluebird day. There's nothing there. The servant goes, sunny day. Hey, Elijah, no cloud. No cloud. But Elijah was determined. He didn't give up. In fact, he says to him, go back. Go back. Seven. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a hand's uh, as a man's hands is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. L listen to this story. He's so determined to not give up. He's so determined. He sends his servant back seven times. Hey, oh, still a bluebird day. Hey, Elijah, no rain. Set, go back. Go back. Go back. Seventh time he come back. Hey, there's, 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 there's a little cloud. There's a little cloud as big as my hand. If, if, little cloud. Not sure there's rain in that cloud, but there's a Elijah had so much faith that even that little cloud sent him and says, go on your way. Tell them the rain is coming. Go there before the rain gets you. He is sending us back. Go, go again. 
And I want to encourage you, faith builds when we determine not to give up. When we go, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not losing hope. I'm still going to pray. I'm going to be hands in my knees. I'm going to be in a posture of prayer, but I won't give up on this situation. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up on your situation. Go back into your posture of prayer and don't give up on your situation. We need to persevere. Hebrews says it as follows. Hebrews 10, 36, he says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And But my righteousness, one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed but to those who have faith and are saved. We are a people church of faith, and I want to encourage you, don't give up. I'm not sure what your situation is, but don't give up. Keep on trusting God. Elijah, for seven times, go back. It's a blue birthday, Zalvin, go back. There's a cloud coming. Maybe I need to prophesy there's a cloud coming in your life. God's reign is coming, but you ought not to give up. Thirdly, 1 Kings 18, it's incredible. 45, 46 says, Meanwhile, the skies grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain came, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Listen to this. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah, tucking in his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. I think we've missed something here. Men don't outrun horses. He sends his servant on his chariot. The chariot had horses in front of it. Imagine that scene. His servant going on horse. And here comes Elijah running past the horse. But the power of God came upon him. And it teaches us this, church. It teaches us that faith breaks through the natural into the supernatural. We have, we have supernatural to our disposal when we have enough faith. Because faith breaks through. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked up at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things, all things are possible. Took up his cloak, so he does, does not trip over it, starts running past a horse. He had so much faith that it breaks through the natural into the supernatural. And that church is at your disposal too, in your situation too. It's for us. I don't know about you, but I have faith for 2022. I have faith for 2022. And he ends off his book in James 5, verse 19, and probably shares the greatest miracle of it all. Shares the greatest miracle of it all. 
My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Whenever we get to invite our friends back to church who doesn't believe in God, we get to experience the greatest miracle. Maybe it's someone in your family you are constantly praying for. I want to encourage you, don't give up. Maybe your situation is dire. Don't give up. Build faith for your future. We're going to share communion, but before we do that, I want to share one last verse with you. And we find it in Genesis 41, 52. It says the following. It's Joseph here. And the second son, he named Ephraim and said, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Just to give context, his first son was named Manasseh. Second son, Ephraim. It was against culture to do that. Why? Because in their culture, whatever happened the day or the season, you named your children after that. Like in Kings, there was a, 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 a woman that was pregnant, highly pregnant. Her dad and her husband got killed. They stole the Ark of the Covenant. She named her son Ichabod. Ichabod, that means the glory of God has departed. So that happened. If, 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 if you were in, in pain or in this situation in suffering, that son's name should have been in their culture, suffering. Should have been suffering. Hey, suffering, come over here. That's just the way it is. But what I love about this is Joseph named his future. He named his future. I'm not sure about you, but I'm going to name my future because I have faith for 2022. He named him Ephraim, meaning fruitfulness. I'm going to name 2022 fruitfulness. I'm going to name it overflow. I'm going to name it joyful. I'm going to name it God and glory is going to be magnified in Brisbane come 2022. But I have faith for 2022 and we are a church of faith church. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. Name your future. Name your 2022. And get on your knees and start trusting God so that you can experience the supernatural breaking through your natural situation. Because 2022 coming is going to be a great year for us and a great year for you. And I'm naming it for you. And if you don't have faith, come borrow it from this little guy because I have faith for you. Church, as we celebrate communion, I'm using that word, celebrate because he gave his life so that you can live life to the full. It's worth celebrating a full life, a blessed life, and a blessed 2022.